All right, okay. Just imagine it. A crime that's a media sensation. A man suspected of murdering his wife flees from the police. The reporters are all over it. The police are all over it. Nope, it's not OJ. That's a little forward for our times. We're going to go back to 1910 and the story of Dr. Crippen. Y'all listening to Old Timey Crappy, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your host, Christy and Scott. I'm Christy. I'm Scott, and we back. <laughs> did you miss us? <laughs> you know you did. Absolutely. Lying I'm... there in bed at night, staring at the ceiling room. When are they coming back? Why doesn't the phone ring? <laughs> just just jonesing for your dose of Scott and Christy and old-timey crimey. Just put us into your veins. <laughs> Grab that needle. <laughs> oh, yeah. A record needle. <laughs> I just cringed. Yeah, yeah. So how's your week been, buddy? Um, It's been good. Uh, I've, it's been a little bonkers, but I, I had a, a fun incident last week. See... I've got this whopper of a novel on my hands. I, I don't normally write this big, but I wrote 135,000 words, which like, I write younger. How many, how many pages does that, does that translate into, like, paperback novel? Um, I think the professional term for it is a shit ton. Wow. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a lot. I could a do the division. Stephen King, ego-stroking level <laughs> yes. of words. The, uh, the average per page, I think, is around 225, 250, depending on, like, white space and everything. So it would be it would be hard to tell, but it's 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 a lot, and uh, so I had started this this epic attempt to cut, and I managed to cut ten thousand words. But I got to get this thing down to like eighty thousand tops. So I've been fretting about this. A couple weeks ago, I was on Twitter, and I saw somebody suggesting like for somebody who had a similar issue, they were like, "Oh, just cut it in half." And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "I can't do." Wait. Yeah, you can. Can I? Because I was just thinking of the. Well, I mean, it really depends on the plot, and I, I it took about a week to let that simmer. And then I sat down with my whiteboard and I like I, I kind of figured out exactly where I, and it was exactly at the halfway point. Amazingly, I was like, oh, that's that's right halfway. J.K. Rowling took one book and cut it up into seven parts, and now she's a billionaire. Yes, <laughs> so I should take that example. Yeah, remember <laughs> me when you're wealthy, or take me with you. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> will. We'll be recording podcasts in Aruba. Yo. So, um, so yeah, I, I sat down and I wrote like the basic plot points up to that point to try and figure out like where it could go from there. And I'm sitting there and I, I, my whiteboard is not hung up yet. So it's, it's like on my floor, just like vertical. And I'm like staring up at it. And I was like, oh, I could do this and this. And I'm scribbling all over the place and doing that crazy writer thing. I got my headphones on. I look like I've lost it, essentially. Thank God I was home alone. Although... Jackson wouldn't even, he's seen, he's seen yes, it all. Absolutely. <laughs> I had him act out fight scenes with me just to figure out if things are possible <laughs> and how to describe it. Like on the basement floor, like pretend grappling. This is writer stuff. This is what we do. So, and other writer stuff is sometimes we stare at the, the, the newly hatched ending to our, our book that we've been working on for way too long. And then we dissolve into helpless tears. <laughs> now, I've got to ask you this. Have you ever written anything that's made you laugh? out loud at yourself. Like, yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. And I've also written things that, um, one of my stories that actually got published, the, the first one that got published. Pimp it out. Oh, it's, uh, okay, so it's called Inseparable. Okay, so it was published in um, an online magazine called Youth Imagination. And then they selected it for their um, 20, 
17 best of anthology, which awesome. I didn't even know they were doing. I just got the email out of the blue one day, like we're getting ready for a wedding. And I'm like, that, sound, that name sounds familiar. Where do I? Uh, oh, oh. So we call it the story so nice. They published it twice. Nice. <laughs> but Excellent. I was dangerously dehydrated the entire time I was writing it because I would just, as soon as I would sit down at the keyboard and I've never experienced this before and I've killed off characters mm-hmm. that I, I loved. And I'm just sitting there and just tears, just constant tears. I still can't listen to the playlist I made for that story because I will just break down. So, so yeah. um, So yes, that's available. It's uh, the Silver Pen Magazine's 2017 anthology, which has stories from a bunch. This, this uh, kind of overlord has a bunch of different sub magazines of different types. So there's a lot of variety in there. So yeah. um, Yeah. Inseparable. And uh, it's, Oh, it's still, still, still stuck in my heart, that story. And I have made other people cry with it, which, I mean, you don't want to pe- make people cry, but as a writer, you want to make people cry. You want to make people feel something. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, and I also made myself cry. And I just, I just went over to the computer and just typed to Chax and I was like, writers are weird. <laughs> so like, I'm just like, I finally found a solution and it's going to like, I mean, it was partially relief, but it was also partially like, here's, here's my baby that I've worked so hard on. And in order for it to survive and be go out into the world, it's going to have to have essentially plastic surgery. It's required for its survival. It's going to look different. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think of it as plastic surgery, although I do see the analogy. Think of it as a vaccine. Hmm. Uh, I still feel like it's a plastic surgery because it's going to look different. It's right. not going to look the same as it has, but it's still going to be my baby. Well, if the vaccines go wrong. <laughs> yeah, if the vaccines. <laughs> Oh. You cut that I'm going out. to cut that out. Absolutely. <laughs> I had I have no intention of keeping that in. Scissors, do, scissors, scissors. We do a lot of this for ourselves. <laughs> yes. Just in case I forget this and accidentally leave this in, but I won't. I'll remind you. <laughs> so so how about you? What's up this week? I have a roommate. His name is Rob. He's not that kind of roommate. Get that out of your head right now. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, but I am straight at six o'clock. However, Rob. Rob's an actor, and he is filming a movie in Pittsburgh right now called American Curse. The director and the voiceover artist had a hell of a fight. Uh, And apparently the the director in the middle of this screams, I will hire anyone before I hire you again. (laughs) So my friend Rob sees this as a challenge. And he goes (laughs) over to him and goes, I got a buddy that does some voiceover work. So... I might end up being a Nazi scientist on a reel-to-reel tape in this movie. This I am... feels right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Somehow. I have been trying... Not that you're a Nazi, but it just it feels it, like you've been preparing for this. It really does. <laughs> it really does. So I've been, like, working my German accent and, and finding all sorts of ways to getting the German accent down just perfectly. I'm doing a lot of Z's instead of S's in my stuff, and it, it, it's a struggle to get the results. And I've learned my favorite lesson so far. W's are for the week. <laughs> Cheesy, but I like it. Oh, I love that. W's are for the week. I'm a fool for wordplay. Oh, man. Oh, man. Speaking of acting... This is a, Dr. Crippen, what an interesting little thing. It's... Yeah. Yeah. There's so many different points in this story where it's just like, you have to kind of do a double take. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. Did I just read? Yeah. Dr. Crippen, like his second wife, like an actress. 
Yeah, yeah, like just, a, like a music hall performer. She wanted to be an opera singer. Yeah, but she didn't have what what it took either. Whether it was her voice wasn't good enough, or she just wasn't you know didn't have the innate talents, what range, whatever. She she just couldn't make it work. So she yeah, music hall performer sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doctor Crippen, just like your standard. Not even didn't really seem like that good of a doctor. No, either, did he? <laughs> just seemed mediocre at best. I would yeah. say. Yeah, like he was Doctor Crippen. Seemed like he was, like, maybe one step above, like, putting leeches on people and saying that a small frog was living in your stomach and talking about your humors. He did, apparently, at some point, maybe have a snake oil, you know, solution, whatever you want to call it, that he was peddling. So, um, the, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Dr. Holly Harvey Crippen. It's a return to the weird names. Yay! Born September 11th, 1862. In Coldwater, Michigan, his mother, here comes the names, <laughs> write this down, the Andrese Skinner was yep. his mother, a name so confusing that in my notes, I accidentally put the F down beside of it instead of M, because I'm like, oh, Andrese, that must be a man's name. Nope, it was his mother's name. You did the same thing, I, didn't too, you? I, too, was confused. I was like, which one's the mom? <laughs> and I'm just guessing because Myron... Myron yeah. Augustus Crippen is the father Andrese. It also stated that Myron was a merchant, and you would figure, like, in those days, like, and it didn't state anything about Andrese's uh, profession, so I just kind of figured by, like, deduction of common gender roles in those mm -hmm. periods that if it was like, okay, that's probably the dad, and that's probably the mom. Yeah. So, yeah, Myron and Andrese. Myron Augustus Crippen. Gotta love a good, a good, a good Latin middle name. Augustus. 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 What is this dagger I see before me, Augustus? Yeah, Augustus is a great name. Yeah, you can say it like with with a lot of uh, not like cold rage. Yeah. Augustus. Augustus. <laughs> what are you doing with my wife? <laughs> Apparently, any damn thing he wants. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Crippen. That is Crippen. <laughs> that's his. But that's his son. That's Augustus. Myron Augustus's son. He learned it from somewhere. That's probably true. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, he, um, he studied at the University of Michigan Homeopathic Medical School, and much like, it seems like that, that time period, there was a lot of hopping, school hopping, um, and he ended up at actually graduating from the Cleveland Homeopathic Medical College, so kind of jumping around, um, and then his first wife died of a stroke. Yeah. Um, 1892, her name was Charlotte. Charlotte Crippen, one son, Holly Otto... Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is what is happening? Holly Otto Crippen. It actually does have a little bit of a ring to it. Holly Otto. It sounds like a dealership. It kinda yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. It rolls right off your tongue. Holly Otto Crippen. Now I want all the listeners to do that right now. We'll say it together. Holly, Holly Otto, Otto Crippen. Holly Otto Crippen. And so once again, it's probably a situation where here in America there's probably some relation to Crippen. Still running around. I did actually look into that. Oh. Because um, I was curious. Because I was like, the son, he basically, he, he left his son with his parents uh, at the age of two. Uh, his parents lived in California. And so I was curious. I was curious. Is there, you know, any offspring? And he did marry twice. Um, his first marriage did produce three children, but um, the first died within two days. And interestingly, was uh, during a probably period of upheaval in his father's life, we'll mm. say. 
And uh, the second was a set of twins, and they did not survive the birth, apparently. According to the research that I found, which, you know, somebody else performed, um, they looked for, you know, census records and birth mm-hmm. certificates and such. So it appears we don't have any, uh, at least, direct descendants uh, of Crippen, because uh, as far as we know, is his only child. Yeah, yeah. Um, which will play into a little theory I have later, oh. believe me. I've been keeping this theory secret from Chrissy. I'm very, very excited about this. Now, the second wife. The second wife. The queen of weird names. <laughs> three of them. Three of them. Three, and not just like three names like me, Douglas Scott Mort, or Christy Elmira Steubendorf. That's definitely not my name. <laughs> that's Don't, totally my name. That's totally your name. <laughs> She was uh, Cora Turner, mm-hmm. is the name that she took. The, you know, sort of her, like, name that she went by, I think, exactly. sort of socially? Yeah, yeah. And boy, was, was she ever social. Yes, quite the butterfly. Yeah, she went by the name Belle Elmore. Yeah, that was her stage name. Yeah, yeah which so, honestly, like, Cora Turner sounds better than Belle Elmore. Maybe maybe today, but maybe in the past. Like, Belle Elmore definitely does have a... a, a like 1890s-ish ring to yeah. it. It feels, you know, like the Johnstown flood just happened. Yeah, yeah, I, I see that. But she was born. Back the fuck up, everyone. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Because They're swinging for the fences on this one. Hold on to your pants. I'm not going to sit here and say that this is the correct uh, correct pronunciation. You wouldn't dare. In fact, I'm... Nobody to, would dare. No, there is no correct pronunciation to <laughs> yeah. this. Kunigundi Makamotsky. <laughs> That is yeah. a name. We've been wanting weird names. We've been liking the weird names when we get them. We found, I think, the jackpot. Yeah. This is, it can't, I, I dare it to get better than that. Who the fuck looks down at, like, a, a newborn infant and I go, I know what, Kuna Gunda Makamotsky. Kuna Gunda Makamotsky. That's not real. I looked at that and went, bullshit. No one would do that <laughs> to their kid. That's not a name. That's a Saturday morning word jumble. <laughs> That's if you took, like, some alphabets yeah. and just, like, threw them in the air. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what would happen. Your name gets given. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kuna Gundy Makamatsky, Cora Turner, Bell Elmore. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, would-be music hall singer. She and Crippen married and headed off, actually, to London. Yeah. Um, which didn't seem like the best career choice for him or De- her. Like, why? Definitely not. Definitely not. I... Once again, this plays into my theory. Oh boy, you're really this, building this I, up. I really am. This, <laughs> this plays into my theory. She openly had affairs. The downstairs oh, yes. was open for business 24-7. <laughs> she was like the, the Piggly Wiggly of, of genitalia. She, I mean... I want to I want to name check a um a, a podcast that I the, the only podcast that I could find at least on Spotify that had an uh, episode on this and it's uh, drunk drunk women solving crime and I listened to that today and I didn't see this anywhere else um so, so if it's wrong blame them <laughs> but um apparently there were rumors that she had an affair are you ready for this I'm ready with a one man band That's fantastic Please tell me he kept the equipment on. <laughs> I hope so. Like, as he's... Forgive me if I'm being too visual here, Christy. But he's just banging away. And like, <laughs> the cymbals on his Pounding. feet are clapping. And as he's thrusting, the beater's hitting the bass drum in the back. And there's yeah, like a trumpet coming out of his head. <laughs> that, that is pretty visual. Oh, my 
God, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That is fan. <sighs> Just as a kid. got me! Yes! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's what you want to hear. Kuna Gundy, oh, do that again! Oh. oh. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> she. You can't see it because this is obviously not a visual medium. Christy just shot me the angriest look with a smile that I've ever seen. Stop it now, Scott. I think a male should be bright red. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure my face is a tomato. A little bit. And then my ears get really red. For some reason, just one ear gets red. It's a weird thing I have. Like, if I'm really... Like, you know, like embarrassed or, you know, sometimes just sometimes just for no reason at all. Sometimes I'll just like be totally calm and I'll glance in the mirror and I'll be like, what the hell's going on here? Why? Just one ear. I can't tell. I'm colorblind. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, you, you're to blushing. me, it's totally normal. Yeah. Just, oh, there's Christy. I can't see that three in the circle. Either. <laughs> so I'll just draw a red three. On my there we go. Sometimes. Oh, my God. Christy's so embarrassed. <laughs> So, yeah, they, they hop over to London, and uh, Crippen, our good old Holly, he starts working for a homeopathic pharmaceutical company called... Of course it is. Dr. Munions. What else would it be called? I, I want to hear an old radio ad. There's got to be old radio ads for Dr. Munsky's tooth powder or something like that. Dr. Munions rhymes with bunions. Yes. Come get your bungeon, bungeon cure. Okay, bunion Bun- cure. <laughs> Dr. Munyon's Bunyan Cure. That works well. Mm-hmm. That works well. Dr. Munyon's Toe Paste. <laughs> that might have actually been... Maybe Dr. Munyon's might have been in the U.S., but honestly, it sounds U.K. Um, just my time period is a little iffy in that area because, you know, differing dates from different sources. Yeah, apparently, what I found was, like, the Dr. Munyon's thing... It, it seems to be a thing that he... It was like a United States thing, but they were trying to branch over to England. Oh, okay. All right. So that would make sense. that's why Crippen transferred over to England. Okay, yeah. In 1897, because he took this job. But while he's over there, he's such a shitty doctor... Well, he can't. He can't practice over there. No, he absolutely cannot. Yeah, his his qualifications don't. He can transfer. His qualifications can't. Exactly. Exactly. So he's he's not able to, because, as it is today, the same as it was then, homeopathy's not real. Come on, <laughs> yeah. come on. You've got you've got a case of the shivers. So what you need to do is eat these ice cubes. <laughs> no. What a bunch of bullshit. I'm sorry. Homeopathy is... And if you're a homeopathy thing, that's great. Whatever. Don't, do what works for you. You do you. Yeah, don't bring that shit over here. <laughs> <laughs> Which is apparently what a lot of English people said. So they... You know, don't bring that shite over here. <laughs> I can't even try a British accent. I would not dare. It would sound horrible. So, so yeah. He started... He was working... He distributed patent medicines mm-hmm. over there. So, patent medicines... I'm thinking snake oil. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, Cora was really, uh, she got some success over there, actually. Um, became well-known in a lot of different uh, theatrical circles. Um, she was, at one point, the honorary treasurer of the Music Hall Ladies Guild. And people said that she was very vivacious. She was friendly. I mean, as... You would you would kind of expect from somebody who like performs in music mm-hmm. halls, 
Um, she really liked to dress up. She kind of liked to put on a little show, even when it was just, you know, in her house or whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, she, she was, she seemed like a, a, a nice lady who was just interested in being in the theater, theater, the theater. I just said that in the, the theater, theater. <laughs> acting, <laughs> acting. <laughs> so, um, yeah, although, and also I'm going to give once again, I'm going to give a shout out to Drunk Woman Solving Crime because this is another thing that I don't know where they found this. Mm -hmm. um, they must do more research than me. Props. <laughs> um, there's a story. She may not have been overly successful. She, it seemed like she was very su successful socially, but, and I don't mean that, okay, I mean it in both ways, um, but she wasn't uh, overly successful in her career to the extent that um, there was a strike at one point and she was crossing the picket line to perform. And then uh, Mary Lloyd, who was a big name during the day, and she was on the other side, she was supporting the strike. She said, let Belle, uh, let Belle Elmore through. She'll empty the theater anyways. Bitch. <laughs> right? Bitch. <laughs> really just digging those claws in. Oh, man. Uh, right up there with, like, whatever happened to Baby Jane. <laughs> yeah. If you have not heard the story of the filming of whatever happened to baby jane do it it's been made into an fx series really yeah absolutely yeah really? you should watch it it's, oh, oh gosh it, it was um it was year before last i think i'm pretty sure it was ryan murphy that did it okay, okay. can't for the life of me remember the name of it i watched a decent amount of it i think i watched it all and uh i'm gonna actually have to look this up because i'm it's gonna drive me crazy that i can't remember who is in it because it's big names well it's it was big names betty davis and joan crawford were the original actor actresses feud okay okay feud was the name of the uh series that's appropriate that was on uh, on fx and uh it was uh Jessica Lange as Joan Crawford, and Susan Sarandon as Betty Davis. Nice, right? nice casting. Pretty damn good. Nice casting. Uh, yeah, you had uh, Stanley Tucci as Jack Warner. Love Stanley Tucci. Hell yeah. That man is just awesome. Um, Who played the director? I think it wasn't the director Cecil B. DeMille originally. Um, I am scrolling. Maybe it wasn't it, Cecil B. DeMille. You would think it would be uh, earlier. In the cast so it might not have been it might have been because the first uh male i have here is robert aldrich i think it might have been jack warner okay you might be thinking so so yeah stanley tucci in that role you had Catherine zeta jones as olivia de havilland mm, yeah to both of those ladies <laughs> exactly yeah i give this a respecting women out of 10. kathy bates as joan blondell yeah really just beautifully cast not um, anyone i've ever fantasized about but okay <laughs> Yeah, it was it was and it was it was very interesting and just the, the all the the makeup and the the attitudes and everything. Yeah, it was very um, bitchy old Hollywood. Did they do Excellent. the Academy Award scene in there? Or? I'm trying to remember. It was a couple years ago. Honestly, I would rewatch it. Cause it was it was I, it was. I enjoyed it that I'm much. I'm gonna have to watch it for mm -hmm. the first time as soon as I'm done with Jane the Virgin, and uh, and the new Tick, and the new Santa Clarita Diet. Oh, gosh, we got into that, but we need to continue. We got into the first season. I don't think we've gotten to the second. But, like, Crippen couldn't even hold it together for a snake oil salesman. Right? And in 18... Well, yeah, 1899, he's fired from Dr. Munyon's. Like, Dr. Munyon himself comes to him and goes, No, not for me. Yeah. And yeah. He's fired for spending too much time managing his wife's stage career, mm -hmm. apparently. So, um... 
Yeah, and so he goes to on to become manager for, uh, I don't know if it's French pronunciation or what. I'm going to go with the French pronunciation just because I'm working on my French. Okay. You know, so Drouet's Institution for the Deaf. See, it seems to me it would be like Drouet's. I mean... Because it's English. Yeah, I know, but I, I want to practice my pronunciation. Fair I, enough. I just have to practice just... French pronunciation sometimes feels... Nothing against the French. I love the French. I'm going there. Um, but it, it feels pretentious. It yeah. just naturally... So anytime I say things... Frenchly, <laughs> Frenchly, it, Frenchify, Frenchify. <laughs> it feels pretentious. So, uh, to the extent that Lisa and I started up a little joke right after I came back from France the last time, that was like anytime I said something even slightly French or anything like that, we would instead of touche, she would say douche. Oh. <laughs> it got pretty bad. It's like curious would come out. I just had a bowel movement. <laughs> <laughs> He is lying. Yeah, I am lying. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. So he becomes manager of this place and hires Ethel Laniv, Yeah. Who will become a central figure in this. And oh, yeah. play some interesting roles, or at least one interesting role. The costumery gets interesting it here. It really does. Yeah. It, Ethel Laniv is a typist that mm-hmm. he hires. And almost immediately, the fucking ensues. Yep. Well, pretty quickly. I, as far my research says that he hired her in 1900, at which point, and I did check on ages here, mm-hmm. at which point she would have been 17, and he would have been 38. That's just past not being okay for me. Well, see, the thing is, is that I have to have a different version of what's okay than everybody else because my parents are actually 18 years apart. And they managed to last a good decade and a half, and are still friends to this day. So my parents, thirty years apart. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but my, yeah, we all have our personal limits yeah, too. Like you know. Yeah. So nineteen. My dad was born in nineteen eighteen. Mm-hmm. My mom was born in forty seven. And it lasted till death do you part. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, my mother didn't date anyone after my dad died. My dad died in ninety one. Wow. My mom didn't date anyone until 2014 whenever she passed away Jeez, wow so you know whenever i said till death do you part there was no other person in the world from my mom other than my father 30 years apart who can argue with it yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, who can argue with it love is love yeah if it works it works exactly exactly but 17 is right on the verge of being creepy yeah the 17 her age definitely yeah it's it's not necessarily the age difference here aside from the fact that you know him being so much older than her and her being so young and impressionable and easy to manipulate one questions that you know and she's not she's not done growing up right even even in that day when you know like you're going off to work as a as a typist or whatever at age 17 you're still that doesn't mean you're actually done growing up just because they made you grow up sooner than we do in our age and whenever i say it's just beyond creepy it's on the wrong side of creepy yeah yeah Yeah. it's 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 under the 18 exactly (laughs) exactly so so yeah she's a teenager and yeah, and then they were having an affair by 1905, is according to my research at least, at which time she would have been uh, 22. Actually, my research shows that the fucking almost ensued immediately. Mm. That they okay. started having an affair. It's just that 1905, in 1905, Crippens moved to 39 Hildrock Crescent. They took in lodgers to supplement the income because at that time, Crippens' income wasn't that good. No, it was not. Cora starts fucking lodgers. Pretty much right in front of Crippen. And Crippen goes, you know what? I'm just going to make this official with Lenev. It's, uh, hey, this is my mistress. And 1905 is whenever he starts calling her my mistress. Okay. All right. 
So, yeah, but my th- thinking was something along the same lines, but the, I, I wasn't sure of the timeline as far as when they moved in. I guess it was 1905 that they moved into 39 Hill Drop yes. Crescent. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, all right. So, yeah, I think you're right. So, I, probably, the, the fucking probably did start almost immediately. Like, that's just just how it is. But you're right that his salary, he was not making a lot. It was There were some interesting numbers that I pulled up um, that... The house, that, that 39 Hilldrop Crescent, they had moved around a bit more, and the house was bigger than they needed, like even lodgers notwithstanding. I did um, see somewhere, hear somewhere, something, um, that they might have wanted a bigger house so that they could have separate beds. Mm. So that might have been the reasoning, also taking in the lodgers. But really, um, he was only making, when he made a salary, it was three pounds a week. And this house was 58 pounds 10 shillings a year so he basically that's a third of his salary if he's making it you know if he actually gets that three pounds every 52 you know every week of the 52 that's a third of his income going into this house so um and still they bought fox furs and jewelry and still had some money in the bank um and yeah it's it's very strange because um and then the the source that i used for this said you know gave as a guide um furs could cost uh 34 pounds so when you're on three pounds a week that, that and that's like over half your rent for furs yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, damn big spender but yeah. where's the money coming from it can't just be the lodgers well there's lodgers i'm sure that I'm sure that Cora's doing some acting on the side. Mm-hmm. That's She's gotten... bringing in some money, yeah. And honestly, I would not be surprised if Cora's not making a little bit of money using the world's oldest profession. Really? At this point. I don't know. I don't. I think that. I think that goes a little too far. You think so? In into speculation territory. Wait till you hear my theory. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> this goes a little too far. <laughs> this no. This is like. I think it's completely plausible. Okay. I think it's completely plausible. And like, are they purchasing them or are they gifts? Because actors do get gifts. That's true. That's true. There's no... Um, it, it does say that she she could afford to buy them. But mm-hmm. that's... That, you know, phrasing can change over time. And it, you know... Somebody could have said she was seen wearing fox furs and she had jewelry. And then, you know, somebody else reads that and says, oh, she bought fox furs and jewelry when that might not have been the case. Assumptions are made, you know, like people rewrite things. History history gets rewritten all the time. And, you know, there's the old, I'm sure it worked back then. It's the old sitcom thing where somebody wants a dress to wear for one night and then they go and return it. (laughs) Yeah. But, oh, it's got a mustard stain on it now. they needed rent the runway back then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so yeah, they basically this was however they were living, having affairs, both of them, um, a, a one man band here or there, uh, a seventeen year old here or there. Uh, well, although in nineteen ten, um, Leneve Ethel Leneve would have been. Oh, I had her birth year. She was 17 in 1900. Oh, let's watch Christy try to do math. Oh, she would have been 27. I just need to add 10 years. Okay. There we go. So 1910, um, they have a dinner party on January 31st. And then... Toodles Cora. Bye, Cora. Nobody sees her in the flesh again. Yeah. Um, 
Crippen has stories uh, he, that change over time. I yeah. guess, you know, he had a little narrative of what was going on or he felt he needed to make it more believable or something. He He's claiming, he's claiming that Cora runs off back to the United States... Yeah. With this guy named Bruce Miller. Well, no, wait. That one, that didn't come up until later. Yeah. I'm, I'm his, his first claim was that just that she went over for a sick relative. Okay. I didn't get that. It's I got that she returned to the USA. Later on, he adds the Bruce Miller. And then later, then oh, she died. She died and was cremated in California. See, what I had was that she, um, he said first that she went over for, to the U.S. for the sick relative, and then he, he was, you know, friends were asking around, and he said, oh, well, yeah, she died. And then it was when the inspector came around and said, oh, well, we looked into this, and there's no record. And he was like, oh, well, I guess I better tell you the real story now. <laughs> oh, she me. Was, she was fucking everyone. <laughs> She eloped. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I heard it was kind of like that evolving story, and then it was like forced to evolve by the the visit. You know, when once some interest was raised in the case. Yeah, it's which we see a lot. Yeah. In this, the evolving story. So mm-hmm. I'm saying, pick if you're gonna murder somebody, pick one and stick with it to the end. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. So you know, even when holes get poked in it, which apparently kept happening, you know, because mm. um, there was a. Uh, a, a lovely friend of Cora's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love this part of it. I've been so excited for this. This, this is great. <laughs> this, I, we, we paper, rock, scissors just for like the intro at the beginning of this yeah. to see who would go first. To, we each recorded a, a different intro. And honestly, I feel like we should paper, rock, scissor for the... No. <laughs> no, absolutely. This... Yes. No, let's do it. Let's, let's do, it. do it? Okay. Do it. Okay. Who gets to say her name? Yes. Okay. okay. So, so... um. Paper, rock, scissor, go. Okay. All right. Okay. Paper, rock, scissor, go. Paper, rock, scissor, go. Paper, rock, scissor, go. Oh, you win, win again. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Perennial champion of oh. rock, paper, scissors. Twice in a row. <laughs> I don't know how, but she's cheating. Mm-hmm. I knew it. All right. So, um, this was uh, another performer, strong woman, Kate Williams, better known as Volcana. <laughs> oh, this is the kind of woman that if this was the modern age, she would be part of like the WWE. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 She, she was, you know, she, she, and she was worried. She, Volcano was worried. And whenever Volcano's worried, people take action. Except they don't. <laughs> because she went True. to the police and said, you know, she disappeared. And they were like, well, your name is Volcano. <laughs> and you're a strong woman. And not so much. But then some friends started raising, you know, who had, you know, friends who had friends in Scotland Yard. Yeah. You know, once you have those connections... Then the questions start getting asked. Yeah, so, shit starts to happen. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, actually, and it's funny because the it's John Nash uh, and his entertainer wife, Lil Hawthorne. That's, Lil. That that's her Lil. rap name. Yeah, Lil Hawthorne. <laughs> I know it's just L I L. Her real name is actually Kanukagard. Kanukagard Svengergoth. Yes. Yeah, I know it's just like short for Lilith or whatever, exactly. but in in our day, it, it's, you you couldn't have that name and not get constant, you know, questions about when your next album's gonna yeah. drop. Yeah. Hey there, little Spanky. <laughs> Lil, I cannot say just L I L. Lil. Lil. 
See, you almost got it. There. I almost you, got you're it. You're pretty close. Because I don't know what it is, but that little t in there, little, 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 little. There you go. Little. That took some, <laughs> took some practice. Yeah. That's that's gonna be our next podcast. Just five hours of me saying lil. No, lil, 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 over and over. Five star reviews, everybody. Yes, please leave us five star reviews. You know you want to. So yeah, they they brought it up, and uh, so the house was searched, and nothing was found until he he freaks out. He freaks out. Well, wait, wait, wait. We got to bring in the guy. Oh, you're talking Walter Dew. Walter Dew. Chief Inspector Walter Dew of Scotland Yard. Damn straight, man. Scotland Yard gets involved. guy. Yeah. This guy. Walter Dew also sounds like some sort of weird offshoot of Mountain Dew. Jackson made that exact moment. He was like Walter Mountain Dew. Yeah. (laughs) Walter, air quotes, Mountain (laughs) Dew, also known to his friends as Code Red. (laughs) Honest to God, it, this is going to come up later. Seemed to have a bit of a flair for the dramatic. Just a, just a tiny bit. Yeah. Yeah, he just, he, he liked to get shit done. And it should be noted also that he was involved in another famous case about 20-ish years before mm-hmm. that. And I know you all are, you all know exactly what we're talking about. You say London, you say famous case. On three, we'll say it together. One, two, three. Jack the ra- Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I just made like I was going to say something. He really did. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm all alone talking. It's like it's like I'm teaching. <laughs> I'm like, okay, everybody, we've talked about this all semester. Everybody say it with me. And I go, <laughs> as we say in my household, oh, students. Uh, Professor Christie, my grocery list is just liquor and snacks. Do I have to do this? I haven't eaten anything but ramen in three weeks. Ramen and rum. <laughs> ramen and rum. I cooked the ramen in the rum. It's expensive as hell. I don't know why I do it. <laughs> just ruined both of them, really. But I Sometimes ate it anyway. you crack an egg in it, and then the shrimp ones, they're really good. <laughs> so, Chief Inspector Walter Mountain Dew interviews Crippen, and according to my... Sources, that's when he changes his story to, oh, you know, I was just so embarrassed that she left me for another man but old that I made it all up. Yeah, Mountain Dew's satisfied with it. He seems pretty satisfied with it. He seems like he's like, okay, yeah, that's that's fine, but <laughs> shades of John Doty here. Yeah. Good old John Doty from the Ambrose Small Disappearance. Everything's fine. Let's run. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Things are coming up roses. Let's get the fuck out of yeah. here. <laughs> yes. So he, uh, he, Crippen doesn't realize that everything's fine, <laughs> which honestly, once again, plays into my theory. <laughs> you keep bringing this thing up. I'm sorry. Up, this, you're building it up. It this, better be good. This theory, even though I am going to go on record and say this theory is 100% bullshit <laughs> with a little dollop of no fucking way on top of it. <laughs> But it's one of those deals where it satisfies everything in my mind. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I'm on my toes. Yes. I'm on my toes. Yes. So, Crippen goes to Lenev. You feel like going to Brussels? Hopping a, hopping a boat to Canada? Let's let's, let's uh, check out. Yeah. <laughs> Brussels. No one will find us in Brussels, because who goes the fuck to Brussels? <laughs> or Canada. <laughs> <laughs> the entire country. Um, 
Yeah, they, they hop on to, they go to Brussels and they go to Antwerp and then they hop on the ocean liner SS Montrose bound mm-hmm. for Quebec. Mm-hmm. And the cops are like, well, that seems odd. So let's uh, search the house. Let's check things out three, three to more four times. Three to four, four more times. times. Yes, yes. And the fourth to fifth, it's really unclear. Yeah. Time was the charm. What did they find, Scott? They find a torso. A- Not even an entire torso. It seemed like they found... What I'm going to refer to as long pig fillets. <laughs> That's yeah. what it was. It's pretty much, yeah. yeah. There's, they're saying, like, head, limbs, skeleton, never recovered. Mm-hmm. So it has to be the fillets. If they're saying the skeleton was never yeah. recovered. The bones are gone. Yeah. Yeah. Probably hanging in some medical doctor's office. From all we know, he yes. probably made 50 bucks. <laughs> it- <laughs> oh, the time period's a little off. We're about 20, 30, 40 years too late for that to be the skeleton that H.H. H. Holmes came face to face yeah. with. But if only. It time traveled. The skeleton time yeah. traveled. I'm happy now. Okay, yes. Yes. Time, time traveling travel- skeleton. Time travel skeleton this week on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> and they're running out of ideas. Starring Aaron Paul and Jake Lloyd. <laughs> Interesting choice. Thank you. Um, So So, so is the premise, time-traveling skeleton. Well, yeah. Yeah. I I came up with it. There you go. (laughs) I get get all the money from that, you know. Christy comes up with the ideas, (laughs) and I do the casting. That's the way it works. (laughs) Emmys, here we come. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it was covered in quicklime. And it was, of course, where do they find it? In the cellar. In the cellar. It's always in the cellar. People gotta be more creative with what they're doing with their cellars. Do do all this stuff somewhere else. Just leave the cellar for like laundry. (laughs) It's a fillet. It's London. Leave it out for the dogs to eat. (laughs) Yeah. No one would have ever. Cora. Yeah. Mm. If yeah, if it is Cora, there are traces. uh, Whenever they do the first scientific analysis, they find traces of scopalamine. Yes, also known as hyoscine. Yes, scopalamine. Did you look into scopalamine? A little bit, yeah. Holy fuck! A little did you see the Did you see the Sorry. Vice documentary? No, I did not. Well, you probably went into this. You okay. went deep. <laughs> so scopalamine is this drug that's used a lot in South America, and essentially, let's say I'm a nefarious ne'er do well who's twirling my evil mustache, mm-hmm. and I see you, and I go, I'd like to rob her of everything she owns, absolutely everything. I walk up to you, and I take a bit of scopalamine, and go. Like that to you. Oh my. You instantly lose, although you seem okay, to all outward appearances, you have no free will whatsoever. You will help me rob your house. You will help me empty your bank account. You will kill your family for me. I don't like this stuff. Yeah. (laughs) This stuff is bad news. And you will wake up not knowing what's going on. There, There was a case that they talk about in the Viceland documentary. Where one guy comes to after after he's been dosed with scopalamine and he's got a horrible headache. He goes up to his apartment. Everything's gone. And he goes down to the doorman because he's living in that type of apartment. And he goes, what happened to all my stuff? He goes, you moved it out yesterday. Oh you God. and two guys moved your stuff out. You said hi to me. So this scopalamine, this is... This is nothing to fuck with. Yeah, that's some, that's some crazy shit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they found 
traces of it. Uh, well, a couple of theories I read said that he may have been using it actually as a uh, sexual depressant, sort of, to uh, tame her libido. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you, you know, we don't know for sure. So, but yeah, it was it was found. Do you know how they, they find uh, Scopalamine? I do not. This, I do was, not. Um, this was delightful. This was from um, Murder Maps uh, okay. on Netflix, which is where I originally got this. Uh, um, they tested on cats. But they don't actually, I don't think they need to give it to the cat, because cat's eyes will dilate just in its presence. Oh my god, like <laughs> like it's possessed of Satan itself, yes, and yes. the cats are going like, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, that was, that was a delightful little tidbit, because at first I was like, they tested on cats, ah, and I was like, oh, okay, as long as it's just in the presence, and they're not like injecting the cat and then robbing it blind. Which, <laughs> which is why I keep five cats around me at all times, so I continuously look in their eyes and see if anybody's trying to scapalamine me. That's absolutely normal. Yeah, absolutely, I mean, perfectly. I've got a lot of Transformers in my house. I, so <laughs> people are jealous and want them. So, <laughs> so yeah, you've got um, a piece of skin from the abdomen of the corpse, which all of that, every word of that, I hated mm-hmm. saying, and I have in my notes, I have just, what? Like, that's how they identified her, just from that one... Because there's no... There's no... Nothing else to identify. But they said there's a scar that's from... Uh, that was on the abdomen, and she had a similar scar from a surgery. But... That even... Even the fact that it was a scar comes into question. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The Be- fact that whether it's a scar and... Yeah. Right, because there's... There is evidence of hair follicles growing out of it. Mm-hmm. Hair does not grow... From scars. But then the pathologist is like, oh, but the follicles are at, like, the top and the bottom of the mm-hmm. scar. They're not in the scar. So it's iffy. And they actually still had had the scar. On, oh, I've like, seen it. Yeah, yeah you do. I've seen the pictures. Yeah, in Good a museum. Lord. Why? <laughs> they keep the scrap of skin. Shouldn't you bury it or something? <laughs> well, they, they did bury her. Uh, everything but the, the scrap, I guess. Um, at uh, St. Pacras in Islington Cemetery in East Finchley. She was 37. Oh. Or... You know, um, she was 37 and having living it up in America. There's, it's confusing. Um, so, yeah, but 37, if, you know, that's If that's it is so indeed young. her. It's, that's, it's so young. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a cousin who passed away of leukemia mm. at 31. Oh, jeez. Right? And she was my favorite cousin. Her name was Cindy. And that's kind of like one of the reasons I don't celebrate my birthday mm. because every, every year after 31, it honestly felt like I was cheating. Aww. You know, it's, it, it's, it's an odd sensation mm-hmm. whenever you have this person that you loved very much. Cindy, and I did love Cindy very much. She was an awesome person and she only makes it to 31. And me, I'm not that awesome. You are absolutely awesome. Hush your mouth. I well, let me put it to you this way: I'm no angel, <laughs> and as much abuse as I put my psyche and my body through, I shouldn't have made it past thirty-one. Here I am, forty-five, mm. still going strong. And there's Cindy, who did nothing wrong. You know, makes mm-hmm. it to thirty-one. So thirty-seven. Yeah. Life is just horrendously unfair. Absolutely. And, and random, and it it's scary sometimes. It is. It's it, scary all the time. What are we talking about? This is why I'm in therapy. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Hi, Dr. Kendall. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that you're you're listening to this right now making notes. Making notes, notes yes. Jesus, Scott's fucking depressed. <laughs> Diagnosis, fucking depressed. And he has a stamp, and she stamps it now. 
Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so they decide, uh, Crippen and Lenev decide, we need to get on the Montrose. Let's we're, hightail it out of here. Let's go to Canada. We're going to Quebec. I'm going to shave my mustache off but grow a beard, which I think... Personally, is a horrible fashion choice. Yeah, that absolutely. seems to be very popular now. The the beard with no mustache. It looks so bad. You look like a garden gnome. <laughs> Grow a fucking mustache. Oh. 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 Uh oh. Crime's being done somewhere, or somebody's hurt. <laughs> we're hoping for crime. Yeah, we're hoping for crime without people getting hurt. Anyway. Honestly, it's Johnstown. It's probably crime. Mm. Yeah. So, and then in a. Beautiful stroke of intelligence. This is honestly what probably got them caught. Lenev, honey, sweetheart, you feminine piece of, <laughs> of, of of joy and wonder, and you just you curvy, luscious, buxom young lady. I want you to dress up as a boy. You're gonna be my son. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be my son. You dress up as a boy. And they weren't really, from my understanding, able to keep up the ruse too well. No. Like. There is some PDA between daddy and son, which is something I hoped I'd never say. Which, you know, props to them. I mean, this relationship's been going on a long time, and they're still they unable have... to keep their hands off each other, even when during she... a murder case. And when she's dressed as a boy. <laughs> yeah, dressed as a boy. So, yeah, the captain of the ship uh, takes notice of them. He's like, you know... I've heard about this murder case with this this guy, and then he has a, you know, like, young woman. Oh, and he, he had, uh, I think we neglected to mention, he had moved Lenev into his house. Yeah. And she was seen wearing the furs and the jewels. Yeah. Like, what? I'd like, days. Yeah. How do, how, do you, how do you rationalize that in your head? Like, it, it, and it really makes me wonder if she knew. You know, like, if, if he just says, oh, my wife just flitted off to America, why not take her furs and jewels, or at least mm -hmm. some of them? Yeah. And why are you giving them to me to wear? Why am I wearing somebody else's stuff, unless you just coveted, coveted it so much? I don't know. Like, we don't really have any idea of that. But, yeah, so, um, the captain kind of caught on to this. Uh, captain Henry George Kendall, and... You normally named man, you. <laughs> you <laughs> bastard with a normal name and very smart at recognizing people. So they had a Marconi wireless telegraph on board. Also a great theft there. Tesla invented the telegraph. <laughs> yeah. just, I'm just saying. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> he, uh, he throws out a telegraph, uh, sends a, a telegraph to the British authorities right before, right before they know they're going to lose signal. Yeah. Yeah. So he sends out this telegraph. I have strong suspicions that Crippen Lunder, cellar murderer, and accomplice are among saloon passengers. Mustache taken off, growing beard. Accomplice dressed as boy. Manner and build undoubtedly a girl. Kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they were they were traveling. I think second class. I guess. Yeah, and they said but they were only traveled like, third class. They would have gotten away with it. Yeah, they're only like 22nd class passengers. Yeah. So it's like, um, you're in a very small pool here, and you're playing this strange, you know, incognito sort of game and not able to really keep to the rules of it. So if you just go into third class, but no, you know, like, they they didn't. Yeah. And so... Um, Slum it for a week. Yeah, yeah, just... Just a week or two. Just slum it just to get across the... No, but no, that's fine. All right, yeah. sure. Slum it for a week. 
Third-class passengers are barely human. No one's going to notice a father making out with a son. That shit's commonplace. Oh, Jesus. Filthy animals. You're like fucking bonobo monkeys. (laughs) So, they, uh... Christy's just drinking heavily. I don't want to do this with Scott anymore. (laughs) I took a small sip. (laughs) He's dramatizing every expression. Gulp. So they uh, do enters in Inspector Do, mm-hmm. which is always so weird to say. <laughs> um, love the guy, but weird to say. And he's like, you know what? We need we need a transatlantic car chase. Essentially, yeah. yeah. It's not even a car chase. Uh, do ends up boarding the. Uh, let's see here. It's the SS Laurentic. That's it. The SS Laurentic of the famed White Star Line. Mm-hmm. Uh, same line that the uh, the Titanic was part of. Um, so, Dew gets on this ship. He knows it's going to be faster. Yeah. So, he doesn't He doesn't just catch them. He blows past them yeah. and arrives in Quebec first. Yeah. Enough time for some maple syrup, some pancakes. <laughs> Maybe some... Talk some French. <clears throat> sliced some ham. Some Quebecois French. Yeah. Sliced ham that people keep calling <laughs> bacon. And, and he's Get just... apologized to a couple of times. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so sorry, eh? So sorry. I love you, Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, so he contacts the authorities and everything, and I love that he plays their game mm-hmm. and beats them at it. Yes. It is so fun. In a flair for the dramatic... Old Mountain Dew disguises himself as a pilot. Yep. On a boat. <laughs> now, here's my point. Here's what I love about Mountain Dew. He could... There's one ramp. There's one way on and off this yeah. ship. They're going to walk down this ramp. But no, not good enough for him. No. He puts on a pilot's hat. That's it. <laughs> and just then... walks up the gangplank and finds him and goes... What? Rips the hat off and goes, It was me all along! You're under arrest! And Crippen goes, Well, thank God. Essentially, yeah. 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 He, he basically, like, confers with the captain. He's like, All right, so I'm going to do this, and I want you to be, you know, ask them if they want to meet me, or meet the captain, rather, and then I'm just going to walk up to him. And, and, yeah, that's essentially what he did. He walks up and says, uh, Good morning, Dr. Crippen. Do you know me? I'm Chief Inspector Dew from Scotland, Scotland Yard. Whoosh. Off comes the hat. And My God! Crippen says, Thank God it's over. The suspense has been too great. I couldn't stand it any longer. And holds out his wrists for the shiny, shiny bracelets. Your wrists smell like your son's bottom. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. No, you're not editing that out. That's staying in. <laughs> that's staying in. That's fine. Um, out of context, it's horrifying. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the thing is, is that it, Crippen was an American citizen. If he would have went to America, he would have gotten away with it. Or at least they would have needed to do extradition. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But he goes to Canada. Not, I can see Canada. why he wasn't a great doctor. Not uh, that bright. Yeah, under Canada at the time, under the realm <laughs> of England. No extradition at all. Mm-hmm. It's essentially little England. Or England colder. England ice. <laughs> So they're um, arrested, both him and Leniv, uh, on July 31st, 1910. And return to England on board the SS Megantic, which sounds like a Transformer. Of course. <laughs> of SS <course>. Megantic. <laughs> what would it... Megantic seems like it would be like a MIG airplane, 
that just transforms into a giant robot. <laughs> Megantic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well played. And the uh, the case caught such frenzy in the in the popular mind and in the media that there was even a song. Yeah. There was a song. I, I could not come up with a tune for this to save my life, and I couldn't find it anywhere on the internet. And it, like, only, like, two lines of it rhyme. Really? Yeah, it's not yeah. that great of a song. You want to go for it? Dr. Crippen killed Bellamore, ran away with Miss Lenev, right across the ocean blue, followed by Inspector Dew. Ships ahoy, naughty boy! Drink. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> it's, yeah. That's a song. That's a horrible song. That's a horrible song, yeah. There we go. Listen, here's what I want you to do. For our listeners, I want you to come up in the form of a limerick. A little limerick about Dr. Crippen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Post it in the comments. Post it in your five-star iTunes review. Yes. Your little limerick with Dr. Crippen. And you know what? I think maybe we'll find a little something to send the winner. We're gonna we're gonna make this a little bit of a contest. Well now who who chooses? I think we need to we need to establish rules. I, I think do we choose to... or should we like 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 narrow it down and then put it to a public vote? I think we should narrow it down, put it to a public vote. Okay. And we'll we'll put a vote up on our Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, in your five star iTunes review, you do have to leave us a five star iTunes review to yeah. make this to to make this count for the contest. We'll find a little something for you. Yeah. We'll find a little something, something, a little happiness for you. And I, I don't know, I don't know how iTunes reviews are about um, uh, expletives because I know, like, you, we have to be um, explicit because you know there's mm. f bombs and there's fuck yeah, there are. Yeah, <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Fuck you. Yeah. Um, I never say that word. I'm a lady. So yeah, I don't know. So maybe maybe try to keep it like at least ex- like you know expletive free for, the, for the comments. Take it PG rated. Yeah. PG yeah. rated. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, there is a song, and, and you guys can make up some limericks. See if you can beat that song. I'm pretty sure you can. Jesus Christ. Maybe you can't, actually. Maybe I should just you... use reverse psychology. You can't beat that. You can't beat that awful song. <laughs> Dr. Crippen me wrong. killed Bella Moore. Ran away. Dr. Crippen killed Bella Moore. She was seen nevermore. <laughs> he ran away the, uh, across the ocean blue, followed by Inspector Dew. Ships ahoy, not just the one line. Changing one line yeah. made it better. Yeah. You, you ancient fucks back in the day needed a rhyming dictionary, you bastards. Not only that, but the meter, the meter's just off. It's yeah. so off. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Maybe we're pronouncing Miss Lenev wrong. Maybe Miss Lenev r- rhymes with Elmore. <laughs> I don't think we're pronouncing it that right. I have heard Lenore. it. I have heard it Lenive in several places, okay. but I, I'm just Lenev feels feels natural to me, so that's what I'm going with. Um, but yeah, none of, none of that, none of that works at all. No, no. So make something that works and, mm-hmm. uh, put it in our five-star reviews. Uh, so yeah, um, I have no idea if that's even legal <laughs> as far as the giveaway is concerned. I don't know. There's so many rules. Yeah. Who the hell knows? We'll find out. Yep. They'll ask us to stop and we won't. <laughs> We're criminals. We'll never stop. We'll slap them so hard their vision will improve. That'll teach them. So he pleads, uh, not guilty or innocent or however it works in, uh, in England. And his defense insists on the Cora and Bruce Miller story and says that, you know, they've been living in this house since about 1905. It was a previous owner. A previous owner either killed somebody and buried the remains or just found the remains or was just trying to cover up for somebody else, whatever. Somebody else buried the remains. And it actually was pajamas that proved this wrong, which is... (laughs) 
Again, there's so many weird little details yeah. in this one. <laughs> Every article I found about this had the word pajama written with a Y. Yes, P-Y. yes. P-Y. It's the British spelling. Yeah, that looks so weird. It does look weird. Like pajamas? Pajamas. Did somebody like get pie all over my jamas? Mmm. <laughs> pajamas. Mmm. Mm, pie and jam. Mm. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm hungry now. Me too. I had a salad for dinner. Oh. Granted, it was a giant salad. I've been making these gigantic salads and just like throwing everything in them, so it's barely even a salad anymore. But I, I want to make my taco salad recipe, but oh, it's got so many calories. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, it's taco like a, salad. Taco salad is like fake salad. It's yeah, like it's pretending a, to be salad. Four and a half thousand calorie <laughs> yeah. salad. Good work there, gentlemen. I'm like, I'm gonna take this salad that I'm trying to lose weight with, and I'm gonna throw a whole bunch of olives in there. That'll yeah. help. <laughs> I'm gonna give our listeners our the taco salad recipe here. Okay. So it is one bag of cheese, shredded cheese. Uh, one bag of Tostitos, crunched up, right? One green pepper, diced. One to- uh, one large tomato, diced. Okay. Half a head of lettuce. Uh, seasoned beef, along with that. Now, here's where it gets a little funky. Okay. Take half a bottle of Catalina dressing. Mix in half a cup of sugar. Oh, boy. And then pour it over the top. <laughs> oh, my. I was given that recipe. I don't know if you remember, um, I don't want to say the guy's name. Uh, we'll use his nickname, Sexy Mexi. Mm-mm. No? So, Sexy Mexi, he, uh, his grandmother knew Pancho Villa huh? whenever, uh, whenever she was a kid. And she gave me the recipe for this taco salad. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, <laughs> I make taco salad from a woman who knew Pancho Villa as a kid. <laughs> fucking great that is fucking great absolutely but yeah that does sound like a few calories that is that is i'm trying to lose weight so no taco salad for me mm. just the salad 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 salads oh so yeah these pajamas um switching gears from taco salad to pajamas what do you think i eat them in and also flesh yeah. um they were they were found like they i guess like some of the flesh was like wrapped up in them or they were found with it uh and they were they were I believe confirmed to be Crippens. And uh, it was a pajama top traced back to a local firm, uh, Jones Brothers Holloway Limited, still had the label on it. And uh, the thing is, Jones Brothers did not become a limited company until 1906. So one year after they moved into the house, so that couldn't have been the case. That pretty much disproved the defense's argument. Crippen. Totally fucked. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, oh, and we haven't even mentioned the fact that he bought large quantities of scopolamine. Uh, am I saying that right? I, uh, I perfected the pronunciation of hyoscine, and <laughs> you, you were like, "Let's use hyoscine." Okay. Let's use hyoscine slash scopolamine. I've always whatever. heard it scopolamine. Scopolamine. Okay, that makes that makes sense. Um, uh, were found in the remains, and he had just jaunted off to the chemist a few weeks before the disappearance and bought large quantities, supposedly for his homemade patent remedies. I hope you can hear the air quotes in those words. Mm-hmm. Also known as snake oil. Yeah. He's, yeah. The evidence is kind of piling up and all of his excuses are kind of just being shredded. There's not a lot scopolamine can be used for medicinally. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, making cat's eyes dilate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it would be a great way to lose weight uh, and just, get really buff. Like, just have the trainer, like, whoosh, like blow some scopolamine. 
do some crunches. I want you to go over there and do, yes, sir. And like an hour <laughs> later, it's like, my body is sore. I have a headache, but I'm buff. <laughs> How did wake up the next day? How did I get so strong? Just I'm just gonna sit here and look damn good. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's not it's not looking good. And he also he really through the the entire uh, the entire trial, he just didn't really seem to have any sort of remorse, any sort of sadness, any sort of. I mean, I guess you don't want to show guilt. All he cared about was Lenev. That's it. That's it. And that's kind of sweet in a weird sort of in a sick weird way. twisted way. Yeah. yeah. In a weird, you probably killed your wife way. What? <sighs> we'll we'll get to the theories. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I did and say probably. I think he totally did it. Okay. I think I think absolutely one hundred percent. This this is if the cops came to my house and said, "Oh, your ex wife was murdered," I'd be like, "Holy shit." You know, holy shit, that's yeah. that's horrible, but I'm not going to run, because yeah. I didn't do it. The running is definitely, like, it, it doesn't even, even things that you could say, oh, well, the cops yeah. set him up or something like that, but his own actions are right. the actions of a guilty man. Right, and it's a thing where, where Inspector Dew didn't come in and go, I'm watching you, mate. <laughs> yeah, he walked away and he was just like, it's probably okay, he probably didn't kill his wife. Yeah, it's like, oh, I had some tea. He blew some dust in me face, and an hour later, I feel fine. <laughs> a little bit of a headache. Yeah. I think it was Irish up that tea. <laughs> like a good man should. <laughs> so, uh, October 22nd, 1910. Things move fast. Yeah, remember, they, do. they were just, uh, they were arrested on July 31st of the same year. And the murder happened on January 31st. So this is, this is in the blink of an eye as yeah. far as the American justice system is concerned. And maybe even the British justice system these days. Well, it's a thing where, like, the jury only, like, was it a jury or the judge? There was I have 27 a minutes of deliberations. Yeah, I have a jury. Less than it takes to watch an episode of Friends. Yeah. <laughs> 27 minutes. minutes. It's like, fuckers yelling. <laughs> right? Right? Anybody yeah. else? I, I picture, like, them going in there and going, like... Three minutes into it, guilty? Yeah, fuck yeah, he's guilty. And then they're like, "We need to make this look exactly. good." Exactly. We can't come out now. We need to wait a little while. Yeah. So TikTok, TikTok. Twenty-four minutes later. Fucking bored. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a fuck. No one's gonna. No one's gonna care. That's this exactly the image I have in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Maybe with a lot less f bombs, mm. but but maybe right. not. At least British accented yeah. f bombs. Yeah. Yes, fuck is guilty. <laughs> I'm telling you, your British is so very Australian. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Because you, oh, they send all do, the criminals there. <laughs> that also means you do a good Australian accent. That's so I'm very, essentially complimenting you. On my f- not on the thing you're doing. Exactly. <laughs> Backhanded compliments. Boy, you fuckers gay. Oh, passive aggressive bitch. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm not. I didn't mean it that way. So one month and one day later, he is hanged in Pentonville prison uh, for the murder of his wife. And he was the very first suspect to be captured because of wireless te- mm-hmm. te- te- telegraphy. I, that's there another we weird word. Telegraphy, telegraphy. Tele- telegraphy, telegraphy. We, we had this. We had things this. going through the air and sending messages. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had the, the conversation earlier the about. S- speedometer, speedometer. Speed, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I always thought that executioners are supposed to remain. Somewhat anonymous? We even have the names of his executioners. Oh, yeah, that's hanged right. by John Ellis and assisted by William Willis. Yeah. I mean, 
what like uh, what kind of assistance do you need? It's uh, hood over the head, noose around the neck, pull the handle, down it goes. Yeah, well, I guess uh, everybody needs some backup, you know, and it's a hard job. And it, and maybe if you have an assistant, it's kind of like the idea of the firing squad, where at least one man gets a blank, uh, like get, mm-hmm. fires a blank, but nobody knows who it is. So at the very least, you could possibly say to yourself, it might not have been me. And so maybe this is kind of like, well, yeah, but I had help. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I hung that Here's guy, your... but what's his name brought the stool over? Here's your teeth, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so, um... He yeah. helped. <laughs> he, he helped. It wasn't just me. <laughs> it was his idea. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he helped. So... That's what you're going to say to God. Why did, <laughs> why did you kill this man? Well, he helped. <laughs> Not a good reason. No, it doesn't really fly. <laughs> um, so Lenev, she was charged as an accessory, um, but no, didn't take. She was acquitted. Mm-hmm. Um, accessory after the fact, I guess, is how they, they put it. And the the de- November 23rd, a day that should sound familiar because I just said it, <laughs> uh, she was like, yeah, hi me off to America. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the very, very day he was executed, which... Is it like she, it does seem like she, she pretty much loved him. Um, so like at first I thought that seemed pretty callous, but at the same time, maybe it's like, this can't is stay. happening. Yeah. I can't stay here. This yeah. is happening here. I cannot be in this place where this thing is happening. There is a beautiful line from a Cormac McCarthy novel called The Road, which actually part of that, the movie, The Road was filmed close to us. Okay. Uh, there's an old abandoned turnpike outside oh, yeah, of Breezewood yeah, yeah. and they filmed part of it there. Um... There's a line in that book, be careful what you put in your head, because once it's there, it's there. Mm. So I can kind of understand why she wouldn't want to be around to see the man she loved die. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying she would want to witness it. Yeah. But just, like, like, not even be in the same country. Right. It was the OJ case of its time, though. It really was, yeah. It yeah. really was. You had you had a lot of the same... Uh, you had, like, a... a for her, you know, like, she had a minor fame. Cora did. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the, the media being intensely interested. You had a chase, you know? You you had, you know, and, and I guess the, the song could be kind of like uh, the, the late-night stand-ups, you know, like late-night yeah. hosts talking about the case, pretty much. That's that's oh. the, the anal- analogous factor. I want you to picture Stephen Colbert dancing a little jig <laughs> with a derby hat on. <laughs> to that horrible that song. song. As he's like... <laughs> Holding the derby, bat, the derby hat just above his head and giving it a little wiggle as he sings. I really want to see this now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but to make things even weirder, uh, apparently Ethel Lenev, like later on in 1930, says, yeah, he killed her. Oh. Um, yeah, in, in 1981, newspapers reported that Sir Hughes Rise Rankin... Oh, that, yeah, yes, that one. Okay, he, yeah. He yeah. claimed to have met Ethel Lenev in 1930 in Australia, uh, and she told him that Crippen murdered his wife because she had syphilis. I think we need to specify something about Sir Hugh Rise, Reese, Reese maybe Rankin. Okay. Um, according to Wikipedia, this is exactly what it has after his name. He is a soldier or maybe was, sheep farmer and noted eccentric. And if you have a few minutes and you want to pass the time, um, just if it really only takes a few minutes, just go to the Wikipedia article about his life because it is, it, it really fits the, are you just going to go ahead and read I'm going to go ahead and re- Go to it. <laughs> so here we go. Sir Hughes Charles Rise Rankin, or Rees, was a soldier, 
a sheep farmer, noted eccentric, who was the president of the British Muslim Society in 1935 for a short period. The son of Lieutenant Colonel Sir James Reginald Lee Rankin, second baronet, a big game hunter, Rankin was born Hubert, <laughs> but changed his first name to Hugh because of common sense. He would later be known as Umar, Sammy Parks, Rankin Stewart, having adopted the surname of Stewart by deed pull in 1932, retaining it until 1946. Rankin was born in the Tunisian desert and educated at Harrow. He ran away and worked in a Belfast shipyard, then enlisted in the army. As a soldier with the first Royal Dragoons, he became a broadsword champion in 1921. <laughs> right. But suffered an injury through a sniper's attack that ended his military career. At the time he inherited his father's baronetcy, Rankin was working as a sheep farmer in Western Australia. It was his subsequent travels in the Middle East that led to his meeting with Lord Headley, known as Sheikh Ramatala Al-Farouk. That's right, I think I pronounced that correctly. I think you did. Who persuaded Rankin to convert to Islam. He adopted the name Omar in 1935, took the position of president of uh, the British Muslim Society. Finding a lack of fellowship with other members, however, he resigned after a few weeks and turned to Buddhism. Sir Hugh served as a captain during the Second World War. This led him to believe in the value of future revolution. And by the, by the time he was elected to the Perthshire County Council in 1950, he described himself as a red militant communist. He was the very first president of the Rough Stuff Fellowship, <laughs> a cross-country enthusiast organization, and a fellow of the Society of Antiquaries of Scotland. Sir Hugh was married twice, firstly in 1932 to Helen Margaret, daughter of Sir Charles John Stuart, and a great-daughter, a great-granddaughter of the third Earl of Norbury, and secondly in 1946 to Rabina Kelly. He was survived by his second wife, Lady Rabina, and his baronetcy was inherited by his nephew, now Sir Ian Niall Rankin, the fourth baronet. <laughs> I see no reason for this person to lie, quite honestly. <laughs> If you if you have legitimately been like a broadsword champion who had to had to put that on hold because you took a sniper's bullet and decided to to be a sheep farmer, I'm not gonna doubt. Like yeah, yeah, she said she killed him. She had syphilis. <laughs> Everything matches up. It is. But his life is just like, what is your, like, every line of it, it just keeps on going and going. And you're mm -hmm. like, what is your life, dude? Like, what is going on here? It's just, who, we we don't have people like that these days, like, that I can think of who it just seems like, like, one weird thing after another. Yeah. And it's yeah. not even, like, all, like, there's people who do weird things, but this guy just seems to have them happen to him. Like, you know, oh, I just happen to be a sheep farmer in Australia when I end up inheriting the baronetcy. I like to think I'm a, I'm like a minor weird stuff happens to me kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't go out searching for it. It just comes and finds me. But yeah, I'm never going to be a broadsword <laughs> champion who's wounded by a sniper's bullet. I used to be able to swing a broadsword by with the rest of them, but, oh... That guy got me on the shoulder really good. I love the... Uh, the I took him out with my right hand with my broadsword. The, the quick switch from, from Islam to Buddhism. Yeah. <laughs> like, two weeks as the president of that society, he's like, you know what? Yes. I think Buddhism is where it's yeah. at. Yeah. <laughs> I've changed, yes. like, everything. But you know what? I'm, I'm not finding what I want here. So, uh, peace. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, nineteen thirty. He said, yeah, that that um, which is it's just interesting. And she she did live on. Um, she did come back to uh, England. Met a guy. Married in nineteen fifteen. Had a couple of kids. Died at the age of eighty four. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Right so, on. Yeah, and um, his. Uh, but her picture at at Crippen's request was the only thing buried with him, which is like sweet. This it's sweet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. In, in its own. Oh, you're drinking the orange vanilla. <laughs> I normally do not drink calories. Anything that I drink usually has zero calories, but I wanted to try the orange vanilla Coke. Jackson got one and he put it in the fridge for when he has taste buds again. Sucks. <laughs> I told him, as soon as I saw that, I was like, there is no way that's good. It's... Whose idea was that? Where can I find them? I just need to kick them in the knee. Yeah. <laughs> this is the worst idea since New Coke. <laughs> the Great Gustation War of 1982. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... It makes perfect sense to me, though, that that Crippen would have murdered his wife for her. Yeah. It one thing that always bothers me about these cases though. And I guess I know that divorce wasn't as common back then and I don't know how exactly it was in England. Um but they were American, so I bet it involved powdered wigs. Well, probably, yeah. I mean, why not? They just make everything more fun. Absolutely. And like <laughs> Let's put, put some uh, hydrocene in that wig yeah. and like just That's pat it. your head whenever you need to get what you want. Honey, come look at my powdered wig. <laughs> Poof. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it's whenever somebody kills their spouse for an affair partner, it always just throws me off because I'm like, just fucking divorce. Mm -hmm. Or, you know what? Flee off to another country or whatever, you know? But I, it, it drives me crazy. There was that case recently in the past year. It was a, uh, I think it was in, I want to say Colorado, and I'm pretty sure it was Colorado Springs-ish, but I could be wrong. But it was a, a guy killed his, his um, wife and, and pregnant wife and two daughters. And he was having, like, an affair. And it's like, what? Just leave. Just leave. Yeah, it, it has to be much easier than completely ending at least one human life. Yeah. It just, it always gets to me because, I mean, there's there's no murder I can really understand. I guess I can kind of get revenge a little bit. Um, I think self-defense. Self-defense, yeah. I mean, I, not that I would commit a murder of revenge, but I can understand. That's a mm. motivation I can understand. But just like a murder where you completely have a perfectly rational option sitting right there. And multiple options. And you're just like, no, but killing seems easier. So I, for that reason, we there's a couple different theories um, that have been tossed out there. One involves the hydrocene. Says that he was using it on her, like I said, either to, you know, um, as a depressant. And she accidentally OD'd. And then so he panicked and then apparently filleted her. I guess that part, that part that's where it falls apart. I yeah. guess I, oh, that's a horrible phrasing. Uh, <laughs> and... Um, some people think that, uh, maybe, you know, he was performing, uh, illegal abortions in the, you know, like the cellar and had a, a patient die. Uh, and then there's some stuff that happened in 2007. We'll get to, because I want to hear your theory now. So actually we should hit the 2007 stuff. Oh, we should? Okay. Yeah, all right. Because right, that, that actually then. plays into Okay. I wasn't sure. I wasn't bit. sure. 
both of my theories. I have the plausible theory and the ridiculous theory. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so there was some evidence. They they took the chunk of flesh. They the little strip that they had, and they ran DNA tests on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a dude. It's not a woman. Whoever that chunk of skin belonged to was male. Now, the conclusions of, of course, the, the, the conclusion that it's male, and also they, they ran DNA tests on it on some of Cora's relatives mm-hmm. and said no relation to Cora. Um, all these conclusions have, of course, been disputed because you have a chunk of flesh from 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's been sitting in a museum. That's a great place for preservation. But you have like this back and forth, and nobody's ever really able to, to right. settle in and say like, or concede their point. And honestly, flesh is a horrible thing to get DNA from if it's not mm. freshly gotten. If you want to really get good DNA, a tooth. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the, a tooth is the best place to get DNA from. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly, like most of the times you hear about, oh, they clone this dog or they clone this sheep. They actually use DNA from the dead sheep's tooth oh. or the dead dog's tooth. There is a, uh, there's a musician slash comedian named Liam Lynch who had his dog cloned. Huh. Oh my God. Um, he actually, he, uh. He was, I think the one dog's uh, was Force Field Frank, and I may have these two switched back and forth. The one was Force Field Frank, and the other one, the clone, was named Force Field Freddy. <laughs> the day that he, because he was going to have Frank raise Freddy, or Freddy raise Frank. The names are interchangeable at this mm. point, because he thought that was hilarious, a dog raising himself. <laughs> Unfortunately, the day that he was to be cloned, the dog was hit by a car and oh killed Oh my gosh. So he scooped up, scooped up his dog quick, pulled out one of the teeth, and cloned his dog. Now, the weird thing is that this dog goes right for his favorite toys oh that he my had gosh. in the second life. Oh. And kind of freaks out every time he goes near where he's buried or where the accident happened. Oh, that's messed up. Yeah, that's yeah. So weird. And actually, I have a theory. I have a weird theory about that, too. But that's not for this podcast. (laughs) That's another podcast. That's a different podcast. (laughs) So, so yeah. And then this, this, all this DNA stuff inspired some digging. Um, So forensic investigators got into the the police and court archives. They found letters to Crippen from Cora. Uh, One of them said... I don't want to be responsible for your demise if I can save you in this way, but I will never come forward personally as I am happy now. Uh, but people, other people said it was a hoax, but it was never even shown to Crippen, to Crippen's lawyers. Mm-hmm. It was never shown to them. So that's kind of uh, curious. Um, Cora was apparently cited uh, two weeks before her disappearance, uh, going to taking six steamer trunks from her house. Uh, by uh, by the cab driver who took her. Which always kind of confuses me because I'm like, you're a cab driver. You see a lot of people. How mm-hmm. are you remembering one individual? Like, Although, maybe you'd remember the location or maybe if she really made an impression on you, which she seems like the type she might. Here's the thing, though. Minor celebrity. Yeah, minor celebrity. But also, when these things happen, reports just come out of the woodwork, yeah. like in the Ambrose yeah. Small case. So, I don't know. It's, it's really... All these things, these these things that pop up, it's like they're basically every single one of them is a, well, you know, like yeah. you can poke holes in anything. That whole minor celebrity thing, though, 
I was I was talking to a friend of mine last night about a celebrity hockey game that I went to hmm. in 1997. And I can remember the three big celebrities I went to see play hockey. Alan Thicke, uh, Mark DiCarlo, the game show host from Studs, okay, and Matt Frewer. Why the fuck do I remember that? <laughs> the guy that played Max Headroom back in the 80s, mm. Matt Frewer. And I still remember that hockey game like it was yesterday. That's true. I do have some, some particular memories that I'm like, why the hell do I even remember mm. that? But, you know, I a student comes up to me and I'm like, what's their name? Yeah. <laughs> to let, be fair, there's like so many of them. Let me put it to you this way. If and I was a cab driver. Four of them have the same name in one class. Yeah. <laughs> if I was a cab driver and Matt Frewer was leaving with six steamer trunks, <laughs> I would probably remember. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. But um, they did try to have the Criminal Cases Review Commission um, actually like bring the case back up. They They did review it. In 2009, and they said that they will not hear the case to posthumously pardon Griffin. So there's that. Um, and yeah, I don't have any one particular theory that I'm super attached to. That the, the hydrazine overdose kind of falls apart with how he tr- like would have treated her body afterwards. Um, but at the same time. He wasn't that bright. No. He, he didn't know. It, it seemed like when he was under pressure, he did kind of dumb things. So it does, it, it, in the same time, it does fall in line with his sort of personality. So I am ready for your theories. Okay. So I'm going to go with the logical theory first. Gotcha. Okay. In both of these cases, he killed her. And I am absolutely convinced Crippen did it. Crippen is guilty because the man acts guilty. Mm-hmm. Um... The first theory I have is that the chunk that's in the basement does, in fact, belong to a man. Okay. Because he is a doctor, and he would do experimentations. He would be experimenting with scopalamine. Mm. And what's the best thing to experiment on? It would be the homeless population. Oh, yeah. So he, the first time out, he overdoses some guy. And he gets rid of the parts as best as he can. You know, and he's fairly successful because nobody's looking for anybody that's missing. If if Cora wouldn't have went missing, nobody would have ever found that little chunk of meat. Mm-hmm. I think, and this is what I really think happened. I think he practiced on the homeless until he got it just right. And then he dosed her up with scopalamine and he said, go jump off a fucking bridge. Holy shit. I honestly think that's what happened. Wow. I didn't know. You're good at coming up with theories. <laughs> well, wait till you hear this one. Okay. All right. The I'm ready for utter it. utter bullshit <laughs> Cora was a man. She had as much sex as she had. She never had one kid. I mean, some women are just, there's many, many conditions that, yeah. can, that can render you um, unable to, to have a child. But why? Or why, unable to have a successful yeah. pregnancy, even. Why go that many times? Why let the cheating go that many times? And then all of a sudden, there's like one cheater that all of a sudden, that's what we're going to do? No. Cora was going to expose all these men as gay because she was a man. He kills her with scopalamine, hides the parts wherever he can, the one chunk in the basement, it's still her. 
But why would he do that? Why would he do that? Because he doesn't, he slept with her too. Oh, okay. And let's face it, being... He's married to her. Yeah, he's married to her. Being gay in that time is not the same as being gay as it is now. Oh, well, of course. Yeah, yeah. Even being gay like 10 or 20 years ago is the same as it is being now. Exactly, exactly. So he would have been bi, actually, then, because we we definitely know that Ethel was the woman. (laughs) But what did he have her disguised as? Oh, shit. (laughs) Couldn't seem to keep his hands off her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Her, well, well, she was still a woman, you know. She was still a woman. Wearing man's clothes. But, you know, at that point, she's dressed up like a man, and now all of a sudden, he's not able to keep his hands off her? Oh, he wasn't able to keep his hands off her for a while, it seems like. (laughs) Yeah, but even under, like, this Yeah, that pressure when it can ruin everything. Yeah. And did. Yeah, and so it's those old homosexual tendencies coming back. So I think I think that Ethel was going to expose a lot of people. And believe me, this not is not Ethel. You mean you I'm mean sorry, Cora. not Ethel. Sorry, Cora. I think Cora was going to expose a lot of people as being gay wow. because she was a man. And the chunk that they found in the basement is in fact her, but she was a man. That definitely is a bullshit theory that also kind of fits the pieces it's yeah. definitely not i'm, I'm I it's can, not at all plausible yeah 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 um it's 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 off the wall it's out there but it still somehow manages to take all all the pieces and put them together this is some straight up Bravo. thank you this is some straight up alex jones bullshit yeah. That I'm throwing out here. yeah this so yeah the thought of like i'm fairly convinced i'm fairly convinced he killed her and i really think that he dosed her with scopolamine that Whoever that is in the basement is an early test subject. Mm-hmm. And he dosed her and she offed herself. Um, and and then, you know, I imagine he would have ran because he thinks maybe they have the body. Maybe they found wherever she decided to kill herself at because he told her to go kill herself. And he knew that she was going to do it because she's dosed up to the gills on scopolamine. Not enough to kill her but enough to make her do whatever he wanted her to do. Mm-hmm. But that's that's just a theory. Yeah. That's all we have is theories and, uh, you know, 27 minutes of deliberation. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and uh, guilty, sir. You are guilty. <laughs> May God have mercy on your soul. Yeah. yeah. So, wow, that's, that's quite a case. I, I have one little side note. That just a, a, one little interesting thing that I found that um, in the 1980s and 1990s, um, there was a hardcore punk band in the UK called Doctor and the Crippins. Nice. <laughs> Which, I love that. I don't know why, but I do. It's just a, it's a good band name. <laughs> I, there's got to be some sort of Crip blood joke there that we're missing. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that is the weird, weird, horrible tale of yeah. Dr. Crippen. Mm-hmm. And his lovely wife, husband, Cora. <laughs> we know nothing. Oh, <laughs> uh, so you got any big plans for this week? Uh, I'm just basically going to be like catching up on work, essentially. And then once I catch up, I can feel better and I can, I can do my own stuff. But I just, this was, this week was everything kind of fell on my head. Mm-hmm. So I like, I think if I just dedicate this weekend to catching up on, on, on work, um, I can really then just move forward with my life. Um, but yeah, I kind of let some stuff pile up that I shouldn't have. Um, cause I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little burnout, but I think just having the weekend and doing it 
and everything will be f- fine after that. Like next week, I, I'm looking forward to it's going to be like pretty fairly smooth sailing. I think nice. I shouldn't say that. I'm jinxing myself, but nah, nah, you're going to be fine. Mm. You're going to be fine. Trust me. For me, it's just a uh, work. Mm-hmm. Just going to work, uh, plowing through that, learning some more German accent techniques. Yes. <laughs> L- really looking forward to that. Yeah, really yeah. I'm excited to see where that goes. Oh, it's going to be great yeah. if I get this. It's uh, it's going to be great to see. Like, I'll, I'll go to the movie premiere just to see my name scroll. I'll go right to scene 103 where I'm at. <laughs> That's it. Just fast forward to that. I guess I'll be happy for my friend that he's in a movie too. <laughs> but it'd be great if this was like the start of a real voice acting career. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be I'm really hopeful. neat. I'm hopeful and I'm working towards it. So I got to believe if I'm putting in work that good things are going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's a fantastic attitude. Thank you. Thank you very kindly. Good attitudes are, are nice to have. And uh, you know what? If your wife has syphilis, just leave her. <laughs> Even if she doesn't, and you know, you just you're not happy. Just maybe not so much with the murder. Yeah, hold off on the murder. <laughs> I'm not saying don't fuck your your girlfriend disguised as a boy. <laughs> I'm happy that you're in love, but stop it with the killings. Yeah, we better not find any torsos in your basement. Have a good week, everyone. See ya.